Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter 23 of Eclipse titled Monster. Before we get into the chapter, I just want to go over a couple of things. I received a speak pipe voice memo and I just want to say thank you to the sender of that message. I tried to figure out a way to respond to you directly, but I didn't know your name or email address or anything. So, soz. Um, but this is the message. And I'd just like to remind everybody that you can also send me a voice memo at speakpipe.com slash breaking down bad books. You are my favorite podcast right now. You help me read this bad book that I've had since I was a teenager, but I was cringing so much that I can't finish these books. And now I have an interest on reading again, thanks to you. I will probably subscribe to your Patreon right now. So yeah, thank you very much for sending that in. That's really lovely, really made my day. So thank you so much. And also speaking of the Patreon, it's been a year. It's been a year of Patreon content and it's flown by. We've done two and a half books, but what I wanted to bring up is I've just heard that the sequel to 365 Days, the movie adaptation is coming onto Netflix like later this month. And I am so pumped for it because that was the first book we looked at on Patreon and it's called This Day. So keep an eye out for it on Netflix. And if you are scandalized by it, go and listen to the recaps over at patreon.com slash breaking down bad books and let me know what you think, because also I think I might watch it. I haven't read the book yet. Um, I think the English translation only came out a few months ago anyway, but I haven't read it yet. But I'm thinking if the movie is not so cuckoo bananas, like I suspect that it will be, then maybe I want to cover that on the Patreon after the next book, which I think we'll be doing Maze Runner after the end of Insurgent. So many possibilities, so many bad books out there. I'm always open to bad book suggestions. So if you have any, please hit me up. But for now, let's get into this chapter of Eclipse. Remember where we left off, we had that whole tent thing. Oh God, the tent thing where Bella pretended to be asleep. Well, even like convinced herself that she was asleep while she listened in to Jacob and Edward having a right old chat, just kicking back, being mates, spilling the tea, talking about their love for this boring human and that they're going to have a truce until first light. Remember because she was freezing to death and Jacob had a warmer up with his body heat and Edward was still in the tent, even though that would have made the tent cold, but we covered the silliness of it last week. So let's get into it. 
So she says, when I woke up this morning, it was very bright. Even inside the tent, the sunlight hurt my eyes. Like, okay, it's light in the mornings, understood. And she says she was sweating because Jacob's heat was getting to be a bit too much now that it's not so frosty outside. And so she's squirming trying to get away from that heat. And she's opening her eyes and Edward's staring at her. Like, of course, he's like staring at her intently the whole time. And she says his expression was calm, but the pain in his eyes was unconcealed. Vampires really do not have a poker face, do they? (laughs) She can clock every small emotion on his face. His eyes revealed the pain. And it's just the pain from her getting snuggled all night by a werewolf. It's not like she blew him. It's not like she's gone and had an affair. Like, calm down, Edward. You co-signed this arrangement. So then she's trying to get out of the sleeping bag. And of course, because it's Bella Swan, apparently that's difficult. She says, I tried to get to the zipper, but I couldn't free my arms because Jacob's cuddling her a bit too tightly, I guess. And she's like, uh, uh, can't reach the zipper. How do you not reach a zipper? And so then Edward's like, all right, I'll help you. So he unzips the sleeping bag in a swift, abrupt movement. And then Jacob fell out, his bare back hitting the icy floor of the tent, which I think is very rude. What a really rude way to get woken up. Like he's just done you a solid by stopping her from getting hypothermia. And this is how you treat him. And Jacob's like, hey, and he's pissed off. So all of a sudden, the vampire and the werewolf, they're growling at each other. I think Edward threw Jacob across to the other side of the tent. And then Edward's crouching in front of Bella, like trying to get between Bella and Jacob. And she says, I couldn't see his face, but the snarls were ripping angrily out of his chest. And Jacob's half crouched and his whole body's quivering because he's shaking with like rage. And then outside of the tent, Seth Clearwater, he's snarling as well. So they really weren't kidding when they said that the truce would end at first light. (laughs) They, They really meant it. I would have still maybe been amicable until after breakfast, but that's just me. So Bella's doing the stop it, stop it, boys. Stop it, the two of you, please. And she's in between them trying to stop them from fighting, like as if she could stop them and overpower them from fighting. She's got a hand on his chest like it does something. And she says to Edward, that wasn't very nice. You should say sorry. And he's like, what? He was crushing the life out of you. And she's like, okay, that's dramatic. And so Edward's like, ugh, my apologies, dog. And so then Bella says, oh, it's still cold. It wasn't as cold as last night, but it was still cold. So she curls her arms around Jacob's chest. Like you just told me it was hot and that you were sweating. Okay, but now you're cold. And Edward just tried to kill Jacob because he was cuddling you. And now you're like, oh, I better, I better cuddle Jacob and get a little bit of body warmth. And I'm like, um, you're going to set your boyfriend off again. How are you so obtuse? He picks up the Parker off the floor and he says, put this on if you're fucking cold. And she says, oh, that's Jacob's jacket. And I'm like, what? Jacob doesn't need a jacket. He, he said he brought that jacket for you. He does not wear clothes because he doesn't feel the weather. You just used him as a space heater. You know, he doesn't need a Parker. And Edward goes, yeah, Jacob has fur. You can wear the fucking coat instead of cuddling up to this naked man who has admitted that he loves you and who assaulted you just like three days ago. Like, yeah, maybe wear the jacket instead of cuddling up with him in front of my presence. And I'm on Edward's side here. I think she's being freaking ridiculous. Like it's all well and good last night when you were frozen to death to let him snuggle you. And that was agreed upon. Consent was shared. But now you're just feeling a slight chill in the air and you're like, oh, I better snuggle up to this guy who's not my boyfriend. 
And I'm like, put a cardigan on. And so Jacob says, well, I'm just going to go back into the sleeping bag. <laughs> and so Jacob climbs into the sleeping bag and he says, I wasn't quite ready to wake up. That wasn't the best night's sleep I ever had. What, isn't there a war going on? I swear the newborns were descending at dawn. Can you not like get up and get prepped? He's having a lie-in. And Edward's like, well, don't complain about not getting any sleep. It was your idea. And he said, yeah, I know. And he's like, yeah, I didn't get a lot of sleep. I thought Bella was never going to shut up, but I loved it. And Bella's like, oh no, classic me, sleep talking again. And she's like, what have I said? What have I said in my sleep? Oh, I'm so stressed. And so the taunting begins. Jacob's like, oh, did you not have a good night then? And he's like, yeah, it wasn't great, but it wasn't my worst night of my life. And Jacob's like, well, did it make the top 10? And he's like, yeah, it did. What kind of schoolyard argument is this? And then Edward says, but you know what? If I had been able to take your place last night, it would not have made the top 10 of the best nights of my life. Dream about that. So I guess he's saying that I've had better nights because I'm used to cuddling up with Bella. And yeah, I agree. Why would that be in your top 10? Your girlfriend almost froze to death. And so you were in a tent together about to be destroyed by an army of newborn vampires. If it was in the top 10 nights of your life, I would be concerned. But Jacob doesn't get the ridiculousness of this argument. And he's like, hey, you know what? It's too crowded in here anyway. So he goes to leave. He says, I need to talk to Sam anyway. And she says he rolled to his knees and grabbed the door zipper. I thought he was in the sleeping bag. So I'm assuming he's hopping around still in the sleeping bag and he's just leaving the tent whilst still in the sleeping bag because nowhere has she specified that he's gotten out of the sleeping bag, but I digress. So then she's feeling bad. She's like, oh, Jake, Jake, won't you stay? She says, pain crackled down my spine and lodged in my stomach as I abruptly realized that this could be the last time I would see him. So now she wants another of their best fighters to stay back because she doesn't want them to die. Does she not realize that she's hurting their chances by taking away their best fighters because she's codependent? And also by begging him to stay, are you just not like also implicitly saying that you're, you'll live with Alice getting killed or Seth Clearwater getting killed or Sam getting killed or Emmett getting killed? She doesn't care as much, but she's like, Jake, please stay. Even if it's detrimental to our cause, please stay. But Jacob's like, yeah, don't worry, bitch. I'll be fine. And he runs off. Well, he doesn't really run off. He zips up the tent and she listens for his footsteps, but she doesn't hear it. Okay. And she goes, oh yeah, Jacob moves in silence now. Even though I could hear morning bird song far away on the mountains, I could not hear Jacob walking away because he's got such a silent tread. And I'm like, or he hasn't left. And I think it, it turns out that he was there the whole time. He's just eavesdropping on the other side of the tent, which is ridiculous because like, Edward knows you haven't left. Even Bella, who can hear birds on the mountain, she's, well, she should have known that you hadn't left, but she just assumed you were so silent. And that's the thing, like I get vampires being silent, but why does she assume that werewolves are silent? They're big old fucking wolves running around a forest. They're gonna crunch some leaves. Anyway, so Jacob's eavesdropping on the side of the tent. We presume, and we will presume correctly, but Bella hasn't figured that out yet. And so then she's, cuddling up against Edward, even though she said she was cold. So I don't know why she'd do that. And he says, Alice said it should be another hour or so before they get here. Again, what is taking the newborn so long? They're stopping at Starbucks. They got a flat tire. 
And she's like, okay, well, we stay together, Edward, no matter what. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He says, I'm, I just hate missing all the fun. And she's like, huh, again with the fun. How dare he think of this as fun? And so then he says, do you want me to distract you? And he starts running his cold fingers along her cheekbone. So that's the thing. We know they're cold. I don't know why she has to specify that they're cold every single time she mentions his fingers. He's cold. We get it. Anyway, she's shivering because she says the morning was still frosty. Even though she started the chapter saying it was no longer frosty. She was fucking boiling. It was sunny even inside the tent, but it's still frosty. And so he's like, okay, well, maybe I won't stroke your cheekbone right now then if you're getting cold. And she says, there are other ways to distract me. Tell me about your 10 best nights. So we're running with that now. We're just going to go through his 10 best nights. Oh boy. And he says, all of my best nights have happened since I met you. And she's like, really? And I'm like, really? And she says, well, one of mine is that first night, the night you stayed. And he's like, oh yeah, that's one of mine too. And I'm like, yeah, he also stayed a lot of other nights that you weren't aware of. He was sneaking into your room for weeks without your knowledge. So I wouldn't technically call that the first night that he stayed over. And she's like, oh yeah, I was talking in my sleep that night too, wasn't I? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. And she got really embarrassed just then. She's like, oh, I wonder what I'd said sleeping in Jacob's arms. She says, I couldn't remember what I dreamed about or if I dreamed at all. So that was no help. Bitch, you were awake listening to a conversation and now you're just going to pretend like you never heard it. I can't, I can't. So she's like, what did I say? What did I say? And he said, well, the usual, although near the end, you started mumbling some nonsense about Jacob, my Jacob. And well, your Jacob enjoyed that quite a lot. And she's like, oh yeah, that's a bit awkward, but that's just how I differentiate between them. And he's like, what? And she says, between Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, between the Jacob I like and the one who annoys the hell out of me. And he goes, oh, that makes sense. Does it? (laughs) Does it? (laughs) And so then he says, well, tell me another favorite night. And she says, flying home from Italy. What? What? After the most traumatic event of her life, after watching that whole busload of tourists get massacred, that's one of her best nights of her life. Not even that. Imagine having a great time on a plane when you're not even in business class. No way. No way is that the best night of your life. Unless you're in a seat that reclines into a flat bed and you can have a shower on the plane and there's a bar on the plane, then no, I'm sorry. It's not the best night of your life. Unless you're chartering a jet like the Tinder swindler, I cannot ever imagine a world where being on a plane is the best night of your life. I'm sorry. And he goes, oh, it's, that's actually one of mine too, but I'm just surprised that it's on your list. He says, weren't you under the ludicrous impression that I was going to bolt as soon as the plane doors open? And she's like, yeah, I was, but you were there. Seriously, they've got a low bar for their relationship if that's one of the best nights of their lives. You know what? Why don't you go out for dinner? Dinner and a show? Pop on over to Seattle and watch some live theater. How about that? Watch Wicked at the Seattle Playhouse. Watch Hamilton. I'm sure that's a better night of your life. Go and play putt-putt golf. (laughs) Do some sort of activity that's not just sitting on a plane after watching tourists get massacred and having the Volturi commit to visiting to make sure that you're dead in a year's time. Like, maybe get some other nice experiences in. And so then Edward, he reveals that his best night, the best night of his life was two nights ago when she finally agreed to marry him. And she's like, oh, she makes a face. <laughs> and he says, oh, the, that doesn't make your list. Like, of, of course it doesn't. Cause she doesn't want to get married, dude. And then she goes, oh yeah, it is. It is. Um, but with reservations. 
She says, I don't understand why it's so important to you. You already had me for forever. And I'm thinking, not this again. We cannot go over this again. Again. A fucking again. Oh, Lord. Again. A fucking again. Nothing new. Nothing changed. Same old shit. Same old fucking shit. And so then they make some light small talk about her being cold or whatever. And then the silence outside the tent was ripped apart by an ear-splitting howl of pain. She says the sound ricocheted off the bare rock face of the mountain (laughs) and filled the air so that it seared from every direction. Okay, sure, it ricocheted off the bare rock face of the mountain. Okay, Um, so that's Jacob howling because he's just obviously overheard that she's getting married to Edward and also that she's going to die because he's going to turn her into a vampire. But I think he's more upset about the, the marriage part. I think he'd already accepted the fact that she would be a vampire eventually, but now he's like, oh my God, not... Not newly wedded bliss, surely not. Not holy matrimony, that's the last straw. And so then Edward, he just whispers to himself, truce over, (laughs) which is so fucking dramatic. Like, why do you need to say that out loud? Oh, I guess so Jacob could hear it. But like, I think Jacob's figured that out. Um, And she goes, wait a minute, Jacob was listening. And he's like, yeah. And she says, you knew? And he goes, yes, like, obviously I knew. And so then she's like, oh my God, he brought that up intentionally to hurt Jacob. And I'm like, yeah, your boyfriend's a dick. Did, did we not know that? And Edward says, I never promised to fight fair and he deserves to know, which, yeah, all right. All right, you did say you wouldn't fight fair, but it's a bit callous because also it's your girlfriend's best friend and it's awkward and complicated. And I think she should have been the one to reveal that, you know, She maybe could have taken Jacob to lunch and just broken it like very like softly to him, perhaps maybe in a letter, but he's robbed her of that experience. And so then she's pissed off, but she's not mad at Edward. She's mad at herself. She says, I'm horrified at me. And she's banging on about how she's been tormenting Jacob. And so then she's blinking back tears, saying that she's hurt him. She says, every time I turn around, I'm hurting him again. I'm a hideous person. And Edward's like, nah, you're not. And she goes, I am. What's wrong with me? And then she says, I have to go and find him. And I was like, what? No, you don't. What? No, you don't. And he says, Bella, he's already miles away and it's cold. How he got miles away already I'm quite impressed. That's quite a long stride that Jacob has to be miles away from when he was just hovering outside of the tent. It's been like four lines of dialogue and he's already halfway across the country. Um, and so then she says, I don't care. I can't just sit here. And so then she, she takes Jacob's parker off. I don't If she's going to go out walking into the forest, I don't know why she's taking a parker off. You'd leave the parker on, Bells. You're exposed to the elements. Oh, she says, I have to, I have to. I didn't know how to finish the sentence. Didn't know what there was to do, but I unzipped the door anyway and climbed out into the bright icy morning. What is her game plan here? She clearly doesn't have one, but she must know that running after supernatural creatures in the forest never works out well for her. Why does she always think she can chase after these people and catch up to them? Remember that time Edward dumped her in the forest and she just chased after him expecting to reach him and like, he was gone. He was long gone. And now she's going to chase after Jacob who's miles away. And also the newborn vampires will be here in an hour. 
The whole plan was to get you safe and now you're going to go and go rogue? We had a whole thing with the covering up of the smell on the trail for a whole freaking chapter. And now you're just going to go out into the forest to catch up with a werewolf. It's not going to happen, you dummy. And she took a Parker off. I just, oh, just don't. And so she walks past Seth, who's in werewolf form, and he's just given her the eye. And she's like, don't start with me, Seth. And so she starts stumbling towards the trees and she's several paces into the forest shadows before he catches up to her. Oh, so she has got a good little head start on Edward. What's he doing? What's his game plan here? Just letting her walk off and then catching up with her after she's already made a dent. And he says, you can't go after him, Bells. Not today. It's almost time. And getting yourself lost wouldn't help anyone regardless, which is a great point. And then he says, I'm sorry, Bella. I'm sorry that I did that. And she says, you didn't do anything. It's my fault. I did this. I did everything wrong. Uh, no, no. He, he intentionally brought it up to hurt Jacob's feelings before a big fight. Again, with the blaming of herself, like, oh, let some things go, Bells. But then Edward, he has the bright idea to say, do you want me to go see if I can bring him back so that you can talk to him? There's still a little time. And she nods. So he says, stay by the tent. I'll be back soon. So then he runs off into the forest. So we're just leaving Bella unprotected. Like I know Seth's there, but Seth's also what, like 13 years old. He's been a werewolf for all of a week and a half. I don't think he has the skills to protect Bella of all people. Also, Bella has this whole abandonment issue thing. So I'm surprised that Edward would even leave her in the forest again. So that, so Edward leaves. And then she's like, oh, it took me a second to realize that he was gone and I was alone. Yeah, because you sent him away. Oh my goodness. And so then she's sobbing. She's like, oh, I heard everyone. Was there anyone I touched that didn't get spoiled? Like, oh God. She does have main character energy. I'll give her that because she thinks everything revolves around her and it does. She goes, I didn't know why it was hitting me so hard now. It wasn't like I hadn't known this was coming all along. Exactly. Exactly, bitch. And so then she's comparing herself to Kathy from Wuthering Heights. Uh, Just shoehorning that one in, Steph. Like, I don't see the comparisons. But she's thinking, if Edward brings Jacob back, I have to tell him to go away and never see me again. She has to draw the line with Jacob to protect his own feelings, which is ironic because that's exactly what Edward tried with her in New Moon. And they've both agreed that that was a horrible idea and it would never have worked. And now she's expecting to do the same thing and cut Jacob out of her life and that Jacob will move on. And like, you know, from firsthand that that doesn't work, but sure, sure. That's your plan. She says, I had to get over this irrational feeling that Jacob belonged in my life. He couldn't belong with me, could not be my Jacob when I belong to someone else. Yeah, unless you're going to be polyamorous and open up the relation to a unicorn or a third or be a thruple, then yeah, yeah. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So she goes back to camp and she's just like pacing up and down in a really weird mood. And Seth's keeping an eye on her in his wolf form. And then Seth starts whining and getting to his feet and he's trotting to the edge of the trees and he's looking out west and then he's whimpering. And she's like, what is it? What is it, Seth? Is it the others? Are they in the clearing? And he's like, I'm a wolf. (laughs) He's like, I cannot communicate with you right now because I'm in wolf form so that I can listen telepathically to my brothers who are fighting newborn vampires for their life right now. So yeah, I'm not going to turn back into a human just to answer your dumb question. Connect the dots, fill in the blanks, open up your fucking eyes and ears, Bella Swan. And then she's thinking, rot row, what if Jacob and Edward are now too close to the vampires? What if they're going to join the fight? What was she doing sending Edward away? Because how will she know what's going on? Because she doesn't speak wolf. All these things that she didn't think about, and nor did Edward or Jacob, by the way, Uh, they've all just fucked the plan so hard. They fumbled the bag. We spent days and days making up this plan and then it just went away in a whim. And like, I get Jacob reacting emotionally and maybe leaving, but like, Edward, you could have seen that coming when you intentionally brought up the fact that you were getting married to Bella while he was within earshot. This is on you, dude. And then she starts worrying that maybe Seth was whimpering because he knew that Jacob and Edward were fighting together in the forest. Well, not fighting each other in the forest. And she's like, oh no, would they really fight each other? What am I going to do? What if I lost both of them? And then she's oh God, going on about that, just catastrophizing. But then Seth grumbled slightly in his chest and then turned away from his watch and sauntered back to his resting place. And she says, it calmed me, but irritated me. Couldn't he scratch a message in the dirt or something? Um, he's got enough on his bloody plate right now, Bells. And then guess what? She's sweating because she was pacing up and down. So she's really hot. So she throws a jacket off. She's hot and she's cold. (laughs) This is the real fire and ice chapter. Her starting off as fire. Then she's going to ice. Then she's fire. Then she's ice. 
She just doesn't know if she's hot or she's cold. And then Seth jumps up again, the hackles on the back of his neck standing up stiffly. And she looks around, but she sees nothing. And she goes, oh, if Seth didn't cut it out, I was going to throw a pine cone at him. Um, he's doing his job. And I love how she looked around, but saw nothing. And so she just assumes that Seth's overreacting. It's like, um, he can see what's going on further away than your human eyesight can. Maybe don't disregard him. But Seth's growling at someone and then Jacob's back and he says, it's just us, Seth. And then Edward's back as well. He communicates to Seth or Seth says something telepathically to Edward and Edward responds saying, yes, that's all we need. I suppose we shouldn't be surprised, but the timing is going to be very close. Please have Sam ask Alice to try to nail the schedule down better. Okay. Why are we still relying on Alice? And so then Seth dips his head and she's like, I knew it. I knew he could communicate with me non-verbally. She goes, oh yeah, he could nod now. I wished I was able to growl. I turned my head annoyed. Like, oh my God, step off of Seth's neck. I am sorry that all of his attention was not on you and your love triangle right now when there's a war going on, Bells. Self-centered little piece of... And so then Edward says, hey, Bells, there's a bit of a complication. I'm going to take Seth a little ways away and try and straighten it out. I won't go far, but I won't listen either. I know that you don't want an audience no matter which way you decide to go. So again, everyone's just giving more precedence to the love triangle resolution than the actual war happening. He's like, yeah, I'll give you some space, Bells, if you want to dump Jacob. Like, can this not wait until after? And as I said before, vampires do not have a poker face. So she can hear the pain in his voice. And she's like, oh, I'd never want to hurt Edward again. Oh, poor Edward. Never again would I be the reason for this look to come into his eyes. Oh my goodness gracious. So then Edward disappears with Seth into the forest. Again, why are you leaving Bella? Who a whole army of vampires are coming to kill. Why are you leaving her with just one person to protect her? One emotionally volatile, clearly upset person. Oh my goodness gracious me. You see why Jasper's the tactician and not them. And so Jacob, he's like, oh, hi, Bells. He says, I'm in a hurry, Bells. Why don't you get it over with? Just say the words and be done with it. And she goes, I'm sorry. I'm such a rotten person, Jake. I'm sorry I've been so selfish. I wish I'd never met you. Okay. Okay. Not that nice when you put it out loud in in words like that. I wish I'd never met you so I couldn't hurt you the way I have. What? I won't do it anymore, I promise. I'll stay far away from you. I'll move out of the state. You won't have to look at me ever again. Uh, Yeah, I think that's also why he's upset. Because he knows you're going to go off to Alaska and get turned into a vampire. Like, that's part of it. So I think by reassuring him that you'll never see him again may not cheer him up. And Jacob says, What if I don't want you to go away? What if I'd rather you stayed? Don't I get a say if you're trying to make things up to me? And she goes, nah, Jake. (laughs) She says, it was wrong to stay with you when we wanted such different things. Okay, she's acting like they were married and that she's getting divorced. Like you never dated this guy, Bells. You just fixed up a motorbike in a shed and you threw pizza at each other. You're not dating. She says, it's not going to get better, Jake. I'll just keep hurting you. I don't want to hurt you anymore. I hate it. And he's like, oh God. He says, all right, I get it. I get it. Stop talking. And then he says, 
but you're not the only one capable of self-sacrifice. Two can play at that game. And she's like, what? And he says, I've behaved pretty badly myself. I've made this much harder for you than I needed to. I could have given up with good grace in the beginning, but I hurt you too. Okay. All right. He's figured that out. He says, I won't let you claim all the blame here, Bella, or all the glory either. I know how to redeem myself. And she's like, "Uh uh-oh, what are you talking about? And then she says, the sudden frenzied light in his eyes frightened me. And he glanced up at the sun and smiled and he goes, there's a pretty serious fight brewing down there. I don't think it will be that difficult to take myself out of the picture. So he's threatening suicide is what he's doing, which is maybe the most manipulative thing you can do. I think this is why people think Jacob Black's a psycho. But also Jacob, like, are you really going to throw away your life for Bella Swan? Like, what is it with this girl? Does she have beer flavored nipples? I've said it before and I'll say it again. Does she have beer flavored nipples? Because I just do not see the appeal. And he's going to go and risk his life intentionally putting himself in harm's way because he can't have the girl. Like, oh gosh, that's really messed up thinking. Grow up, Jacob. And she's like, Jake, no. No, Jake, no. No, no, no. No, Jake, no. Please, no. Seriously? That is a direct quote. No, Jake, no, please, no, 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 no. Okay. We get the point, Steph. You don't need to say no a million times in a piece of dialogue for us to know that she's not happy with it. And he says, what's the difference, Bells? This will make it more convenient for everyone. You won't even have to move away if I'm out of the picture. And she goes, no, no, Jacob, no. And he's like, how are you going to stop me, babe? (laughs) How are you going to stop me? And I'm like, maybe you should just stay because otherwise she'd be unprotected. And she goes, Jacob, I'm begging you. Stay with me, Jake. And he says, for 15 minutes while I miss a good brawl, mm-mm, so that you can run away from me as soon as you think I'm safe again. You've got to be kidding. And she goes, no, Jacob, I've changed my mind. We'll work something out. There's always a compromise. Don't go. And he's like, oh yeah, right. And I'll be best man at your wedding, will I? And she's thinking, Yeah, actually. Yeah, that would be perfect. (laughs) But she just says, please. And he goes, that's what I thought. And he goes, I love you, Bella. And she goes, I love you, Jacob. And he says, I know that better than you do. And he starts to walk away just to, you know, intentionally abandon the person that they're there to protect. And she's still shouting out. She's like, stay, Jake, stay. I'm begging you, stay, please, Jake. And he's like, no, I'm going, I'm going. And he says, I don't have to do anything deliberate. I could just do my best for my pack and let what happens happen. If you could convince me you really did want me to come back. What? What's he talking about here? So he's pretty much just saying, "Uh, I'm leaving. I'm going to go and uh, lose this fight unless you want to stop me. And then he's like walking away a little bit more. And he's like, what was that? Did Did you say something about what'd you say? And she's like, I didn't say anything. And he's like, oh, I thought you said something. Okay. All right, I mean it now. I'm leaving. I'm leaving unless you can convince me otherwise. And she's like, Jake, come back, please. And he's like, what's that? He's like, I'm not hearing what I want to hear. So I'm, I'm going down. I mean it. I'm going to go and fight some vampers. And then realization hits her (laughs) all throughout that charade that Jacob was playing. Realization hits her. And she says, kiss me, Jacob. Oh my goodness gracious me. Oh my goodness gracious me. What you thinking? What is she thinking? Uh, Like, there's a few thoughts going through my head. Like one, he's manipulating you. Don't let him get his way. 
he's making you feel personally responsible for him being suicidal. And that's not nice. That's not fair. And so like, don't give him what he wants and like weaponize your romance. And then also I'm thinking like, Edward can read minds. So he's going to find out about this in like six seconds. So like you're opening up a can of worms here, Bells. And he's like, oh, uh, you're bluffing. Do you, do you really, do you really want, do you really want me to kiss you? And she goes, kiss me, Jacob, kiss me and then come back. So she's still saying, yeah, go and fight, go and fight in that clearing <laughs> and then come back. Just don't intentionally die. And I'm like, maybe he should not go into the clearing if Edward's not there to protect you now or Seth. So then Jacob lurches forward. He closes the distance between them and she closes her eyes and curls her fingers into fists. And then his hands catch her face and his lips found hers with an eagerness that was not far from violence. Yep. That's how you want to be kissed with an eagerness. That's not far from violence. Gross. And she says, I could feel his anger as his mouth discovered my passive. Oh, oh, geez. I could feel his anger as his mouth discovered my passive resistance. So she has this big, long paragraph describing how he's kissing her and she's not kissing back. Even though she asked him to kiss her, she's not, she's not kissing back, but she's just like desperate to keep him alive. And he's just not stopping. She says his hand found the skin. Well, actually he says, once he was sure I wouldn't drop my arm, he freed my wrist. So, okay. He was like, pinning her down pretty much. And then his hand went to the skin at the small of her back and he's like yanking her forward so that he can grind against her. This is all very unpleasant. I mean, I don't think anyone's team Jacob after reading this, are they? And she says his lips gave up on mine for a moment, but I knew he was nowhere close to finished. Oh my God. What, what are they going to do? Is he going to keep making out until he like creams his pants or something? What's going on here? And then she says, his mouth followed the line of my jaw and then explored the length of my neck. So it's, it's a full on sesh. He's not even just kissing her lips at this point in time. He's going up and down her neck. And then he's reaching around and grabbing her hair. And I don't know, it's all a bit too much, especially since she's like limp, like a little bit of lettuce. And then he says, you can do better than this, Bella. You're overthinking it. Just feel what you want to feel. And oh my goodness. Or you could just stop kissing someone who's not kissing you back. Maybe do that. And then his voice turned acidic and he says, are you sure you want me to come back? Or did you really want me to die? Which is just A grade toxic manipulation. He might even be more toxic than Edward at this point in time. I think he might be. And she says, that was too much. He wasn't fighting fair. So she sort of pissed off. So she grabs two fistfuls of his hair to try and push his head away from hers. And she says, but Jacob misunderstood. He didn't recognize that her hands (laughs) were meant to cause him pain. Instead of anger, he imagined passion. He thought I was finally responding to him. And as much as I hate Jacob right now and think that what he's doing is deplorable, I'm not surprised that there's a mixed message because she said, kiss me, Jake. And then you know, all of a sudden she doesn't want to be kissed. And then, and then he thinks that she's responding to his kiss because she asked to be kissed. Like there's a lot going on here, Bells. I'm I'm not victim blaming or anything like that, but you did say, kiss me, Jake. There's mixed signals. That's all I'm saying. 
So then she says her brain disconnected from her body and she was kissing him back. Right, roll. She says, against all reason, my lips were moving with his in a strange, confusing way that they'd never moved before. Because I didn't have to be careful with Jacob and he certainly wasn't being careful with me. And so then her fingers are tightening in his hair, pulling him closer. Again with the mixed messages. And then she's thinking, why am I not stopping this? Why can I not find the desire to want to stop? What did it mean that I didn't want him to stop? That my hands clung to his shoulders and liked that they were wide and strong? That his hands pulled me too tight against his body and yet it was not tight enough for me? Okay, so now she's into it. So she's into it. What the, what the hell does this girl want? Maybe this is why you should not fall in love with an immortal being when you're in high school and then dedicate your whole life to only being with that one person. This is maybe why you should play the field so that you're more sure of what you do want. I think they should have a thruple. She says, I'd been lying to myself. Jacob was right. He'd been right all along. He was more than just my friend. That's why it was impossible to say goodbye because I was in love with him. I loved him much more than I should. I was in love with him, but it was not enough to change anything. Okay, so she's realized that she's in love with him, but she's still in love with Edward Moore. Like, oh my God, what is this character progression? I guess it's character progression. She's so annoying. She says his pain had always been and would always be my pain. Now his joy was my joy. No, I'm sorry, but no. You had three good weeks when you were buddies and since then you've been fighting and you don't even like him that much. Now all of a sudden they're soulmates. I don't, I don't get it. And she says for one brief, never ending second, an entirely different path expanded behind the lids of my tear wet eyes. Okay, a brief never ending second. Not, that's, not, that's not a thing. <laughs> a second is a second. That's one of my pet hates. I think people who are long-time listeners will know I hate when something is described as a long second. It's a fucking second. Okay. And also behind the lids of my tear wet eyes, like, has she ever heard of being succinct? (laughs) Just, just say my eyes. (laughs) So now she's having like a sliding doors moment where she's imagining a life with Jacob. She can see a future for herself with Charlie and Renee involved with Billy and Sam and the push. She could see the years passing and her growing old and that the enormous red-brown wolf that she loved would always stand as protector. See, even in her vision of a normal life, there's still a supernatural being involved. (laughs) She sees the bobbing heads of two small children running away from her into the familiar forest. And then she says, quite distinctly, I felt the splintering along the fissure line in my heart as the smaller part wrenched itself away from the hole. So now her heart's getting torn in two pieces, apparently. And she opens her eyes and Jacob's eyes are staring at her with wonder and elation. And he says, I have to leave. And she says, nah. And he says, ah, don't worry, I won't be long. But one thing first. And then he bends down to kiss her again. And she says, there was no reason to resist. What would be the point? She says, his hands were soft on my face and his warm lips were gentle, unexpectedly hesitant. It was brief and very, very sweet. What the fuck's going on here? And then he hugs her. And he whispers in her ear, that should have been our first kiss. Better late than never. And against his chest where he couldn't see, the tears welled up and spilled over. And that's the end of the chapter. Okay, we, we've got a lot to discuss. So he, he thought that kiss went well. <laughs> he said that should have been our first kiss. Apart from the fact that for the first 20 seconds, you were just limp in my arms and I was kissing resistance. 
And now he's just going to go and leave her unprotected. But like, she was into it. What, what is going on? He's going to go and turn into a werewolf and join the rest of the fight. And I can imagine the other werewolves that are telepathically linked to him will be like, wait, what the fuck just happened, Jacob? And they'll be distracted in the fight because this is all cuckoo bananas. You can't threaten suicide to get someone to kiss you. And then when they kiss you, be like, oh, that was great. Oh, my plan worked. Like, hello, it was clearly under duress. Although she ended up liking it and admitting her love for him. What is going on? What do you guys think? Like, is she cheating on Edward? It sort of feels like she was just cheating on Edward. Like, I know she did it to protect him, but also she could have said, hey, cut out that manipulative bullshit and just go and kill some vampires and then we'll have a discussion like adults. Maybe do that instead. So I don't think she was that backed into a corner where she had to kiss him in order to convince him not to be an asshole. Meanwhile, Edward, with the super hearing and the mind reading, I know he's off talking to Seth Clearwater in the forest, but is he really that far away to not know what's going on? And how's he going to react? Like, how is he going to react? He's going to come back and be like, oh, hi, Bells. And it'll just be super awkward in the tent while they wait for the fight to finish. What a situation they've got themselves in. So yeah, let me know your thoughts. As I said at the top of the show, go to speakpipe.com if you want to leave any voice thoughts, or you can also leave thoughts in like emails and ratings and reviews and all that jazz. Or over on Patreon, there's like a comment feature. You can utilize that. And I'll see you guys next week for chapter 24, Snap Decision. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.